0: Welcome to the Breslin Breakdown. I am Sam Britton alongside Luke Saccone and Joe Dandrin. And boys, we got some good news. We finally have a name for the podcast. Breslin Breakdown. It's about time.
1: Yes, we have uh, decided that the Breslin Breakdown is going to be the women's basketball podcast name from now on. I, I You know, I like Breslin Breakdown. I think it's pretty good. I think yeah. it's
0: solid. Instead of, what do we, like Susie, Breslin Breakdown, Susie's Merchant's, podcast of women's, be- I don't know. It was too much. I yes. thought it was funny, yeah. but
1: yeah. So hey, <laughs> Breslin breakdown. It's what it's about. It's good.
0: Yeah. Alliteration. And we're back. So, so we got that. Yeah. We're back. Uh, how was your guys' break? Luke, how, Did you have a good one? Yeah, it was good. A little quick, Yeah, but you know, it was good
2: to spend time with fam. Um, you know, Connecticut, not much different than Michigan. So no? we, <laughs> did, we didn't, we didn't get any
0: snow. We didn't, it was a little bit cold, but you know, it was fun. All right, Connecticut is like Michigan. You can quote Luke Ziccone on that. Joe, did you have a good break? Oh yes,
1: I. You know, I did not go to Connecticut, but I was many places. I was, you know, I was in Chicago. I was back in East Lansing. I was in Columbus. Man, I was all over. I mean, we got to go to Northwestern for that we game, did. and then uh, I went to Ohio State for my cousin's wedding. Congratulations to my cousin, and of course, but that was a blast getting to see family for Christmas and New Year's, and then also uh, getting to go see. The rest of the extended family at the wedding just after New Year's, so yeah, I had a pretty good break, a lot of fun, you know. It was on the road a lot, but yeah, definitely worth it. What a great time for a wedding! Oh yeah, uh, right after New Year's. I I thought it was I was you know wonderful in ceremony
0: and everything like that, so ton of fun. Yeah, so we had a couple good breaks. Mine was I don't know it was all right, you know, it came and went. Yeah, same We Hey,
1: the, babe, we road-tripped it over we to did. Chi-Town. That we went to Northwestern. Running.
0: We're going to talk about that in a minute. But, yeah, we went to Northwestern uh, to cover the women's basketball game last week. Or, no, it's I guess it's two weeks ago at this point, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, two weeks. Almost two weeks ago. Um, And that was a good time. That was a lot of fun. SID was really nice. Uh, Very nice stadium at Walsh Ryan Arena.
1: Yes, Walsh Ryan Arena. And Ryan Collins would, you know, he he talked about that on Green and White Report this, week, this weekend. Ryan did Collins he? was talking all about arenas, and he... <laughs> Yeah, he was not necessarily a fan. I, you know, I don't think he was really a fan of didn't uh, get Ryan,
0: it. but yeah, I thought, uh, I thought a, it was nice.
1: Yeah, it's a pretty, you know, it got pretty full, and
0: it's not one of the bigger arenas. So. No, it was pretty small. But, um, yeah, so um, let's get right into it. Michigan State, shortly after that uh, big Oregon win, they defeated FAU and Hartford. FAU was at home. We had uh, Kevin Raju covering that game. And then we also had Hartford. Our very own Luke Sacone is from Connecticut, as he previously he previously said, and he's not that far from Hartford, so he we went and covered that game. Luke, tell us about the game.
2: Yeah, so you know I've been to Hartford many times. It's only about an hour from my house. Um, my mom and dad came up for the trip. They bought tickets to see the game, so that was pretty sweet to have them seeing me, you know, sink courtside and covering the game. You know, I was making making them proud. Um, but about the game, it was it was interesting. The Hawks harford hawks they they were pretty tough with michigan state obviously they went in overtime and uh, michigan state ended up winning 74 to 66 but uh, harford they they played with them and coach merchant was saying after the game how she she doesn't want to um, schedule a game like this again she called it almost like a trap game um, whereas like they had a week off um, from from exam week and then they travel you know a pretty decent ways to, um, play someone who may not think as, you know, a powerhouse team in Hartford, but Hartford, they, they tested Michigan state. Um, people were missing shots that, you know, they usually don't miss Jenna Allen, Nia Cloudon missing close shots. Um, Sydney cooks, she came in, she came in real strong that, that day. Um, Along with Victoria Gaines, I think they really carried uh, Michigan State that day, and it seems appropriate because Hartford was a smaller team, um, so it makes sense that the bigger players, in Sydney Cooks and uh, Victoria Gaines, led Michigan State there. Um, what else do I have about this game? Hartford's defense was really good; they only held the, they held the Spartans to only thirty nine percent shooting, um, even though but but MSU did outscore them in the paint, uh, 20 to 16. Um, Jenna Allen only had two points through, uh, three quarters, I believe. So she was definitely off that game. Um, let's see. I think just overall, um, they, they needed this experience to get tested on the road, um, by someone who you might not think, uh, would t- would test them. Um, Harford would at times go with a five-guard lineup, and Michigan State had trouble both defending that and playing offense against that sometimes because Harford was flying all over the place. Um, but Michigan State pulled out the win, and uh it was interesting because Merchant said they'd just be Oregon, but she also quoted, I think you're only as good as your next one. Um, Nothing is guaranteed, so she knows that every game will be a challenge going forward.
0: Yeah, it was kind of surprising to see it go to overtime. I mean, I uh, the game wasn't on a live stream, so I couldn't watch it. But I just checked the score all of a sudden, and it was going to overtime. And I was like, "Wait, what? Like they just beat Oregon like you know a week and a half ago? Like what's going on right now?" Um, You had something to say, Joe? No, and
1: yeah, that that's the thing is I was checking the Hartford score as well because. I mean, we're all so used to keeping up with the team, so I'm you know even though I'm on break, I'm seeing what the score is, and I saw it was like close late, yeah, and then Michigan State and headed to overtime with Hartford, and I'm like, man, and you know, and this is just after you know all this stuff about you know we've had all this talk in the area about road games and college basketball and stuff, and I mean that truly is the hardest thing to do in collegiate basketball is win on the road, so you know that. Hartford game is definitely a type of game where it's like you go in there maybe too overconfident, and that is, like, the definition of a trap game mm-hmm. um, for a team, especially a team that was rolling at the time. Um, and good thing they didn't kind of let that stick in their mouth because then Michigan State went up and uh, played Iowa.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, we didn't even talk about – like, I remember after the – uh Oregon game we had that like our best podcast ever which unfortunately we lost the audio file for but that's besides the point um we mentioned in the podcast hey, sometimes we have a little bit of uh, technical difficulties while recording things you gotta learn you gotta learn from mistakes yes but um yeah in that podcast we legit just like we looked at FIU and Hartford and we were like you know let's just not even talk about that like we were just let's talk about Iowa Northwestern and Indiana and that's exactly what we did and then you know they ended up having a bit of a difficulty with Hartford but they ultimately won And after that game, they came back home, and Joe and I, we were at that game. They played number 16, Iowa, and victory came. Very big win for them. And uh, Joe, you want to say a little something about that?
1: No, yeah, in the Iowa game, coming in there, Iowa was the higher-ranked squad, and Megan Gustafson of Iowa is unreal. Mm -hmm. She was, excuse me, leading the, you know, a little bit of a cough there, but... Leading the uh, NCAA in Division One women's basketball and scoring at you know twenty about twenty seven a game, she's kind of tapered off a little bit. She had twenty five,
0: so, yeah, <laughs> you know, big
1: drop off there, right? And dropped thirty and ten on Michigan State. And I remember Merchant talking after the game. Uh, Susie Merchant was saying, you know, I said it, we can beat this team, but you gotta hold Gustafson under thirty, and she got the 30 but they still i mean they won i, I believe it was 84, 84 70, to 70 yep yeah, 84 70 14 point victory for Michigan State there and that was also one of the most impressive games Jenna Allen may have had in her entire career um finishing with 20 and 17 yep mm-hmm. against you know arguably the best center in collegiate basketball is was huge and Allen had a marquee game 9000 people there um, I looked at the attendance earlier today, and it said there were 9,000 people. That's about 3,000 more than we're at the Oregon game, and that was huge. I mean, this Michigan State team, I was doing some of the numbers earlier today, is a completely different team at home this year, um, and we're going to get into that more as we go on. But, you know, they definitely um, have struggled a little bit on the road compared to playing at home. So very, very very good all-around game for the team there. Um, did a very good job of holding an explosive Iowa offense, too. You know, 70 points.
2: Yeah, I believe that game was on uh, ESPN, if I'm... ESPN 2. ESPN 2? Okay. Yeah. yeah, I was watching that game because, um, you know, I got to keep up with Michigan State's uh, women's basketball team and I was listening and they were saying how, you know, Jenna Allen had this incredible game 20-17 and she stayed with Megan Gustafson. How, how do you Gustafson? Say that? uh, that's, Gustafson? That's, that's
0: Gust- uh, how I've been saying it. Uh, I don't know if it's right. Gustafson. Gustafson. Gustafson.
2: Okay. Jenna Allen was guarding her basically the entire game. And yeah, she dropped 30, but she probably could have gone a lot more if Jenna Allen hadn't really
1: played well, de- played defense well on her. Yeah, and that's the thing is Gaines was guarding Gustafson a lot for that first quarter. And Gustafson had like 26 at halftime or something, or not 20, 20 at half.
0: It was a lot. Um, it was a lot.
1: And she, she led only, both teams. she had like 26 through the first three quarters, and then she only had she had less than six points in the fourth, mm-hmm. which is where they needed her the most because that was when Michigan State really began to pull away. Was in the second half, and Gustafson was not able to get back into a groove because it got to a point where I thought she was about to score 50, and when I mean, and she was they held her in that second half, and that was big for the team.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I talked about this on the Green and White Report um, at, shortly after the Northwestern game. Michigan State kind of seems to have a strategy where like they just they let the best player do their thing. Just let them drop, you know, in this case, 30 points, and then just work the rest of the team. Because then you're making the best player do absolutely everything. She can't get the ball to anyone else. She's gonna get tired, and the other players can't make the big plays. You saw that with Oregon against UNESCO. Um Yeah, and that and, they force
1: UNESCO to play. UNESCO has a very, very strong team around here. Mm-hmm. And Against Oregon, we saw them take away the other options that Oregon had, um, which forced UNESCO to play uncomfortably and not get into the way that she wants to play, which is by moving the ball, they forced to do a lot of turnovers. Um, and that, you know, and that's big, it's true. That's what we've seen them do a lot this year is they tend to take away the second, third, fourth option. Um, and you know, especially in college basketball, one person cannot score 70, 80 points.
0: Yeah, and she actually she ended up fouling out in that game in the mm-hmm. last seconds of that. So I mean, she was in trouble quite a bit. Quite a bit in that game. Um, another big thing in this game, and we're gonna at least I'm gonna mention this again: free throws. Michigan State shot seventy five, excuse me, seventy six point five percent against Iowa in free throws. I mean, that's just what they got to do to win games. And we're gonna bring it up again later. That's kind of seemed to be like the difference between winning and losing for this team is free throws. That's ultimately been killing them all year long. And they finally shot above, they, they usually shoot like under 60%. They shot above 70% in this game, and they ended up winning by 14. So pretty obvious that that's having a, quite a big impact on them. Um, so yeah, they claimed victory over Iowa. And then Joe and I traveled to Northwestern on the third. That was a lot of fun, going to Northwestern. Yeah, good road trip. Good road trip. And Michigan State faltered in this one, and it wasn't very pretty either. It got beat 70-62. to 62. Shea Collis showed up big. She put up 28 points and Michigan State still lost. She was the only player in double digits in that game and that's just something that uh you don't really see too often. But um Northwestern played a really good game that game. Yeah, not say much.
1: Yeah, no- Northwestern maybe one of their I mean maybe one of their best games all year, but also Northwestern was a team whose record may not show. I mean they have a 9 and 5 record. That's much better than in Ohio State who is who had 28 wins last year and mm-hmm. um in Northwestern, they they played some ranked teams this year. They've played four ranked teams. They're two and two after beating Michigan State against ranked opponents. So they have been tested by opponents, and especially when they bring them home, teams, no matter who you are, play better at home. So Northwestern played, you know, extremely well down the stretch, especially in that second half. Um, this the forward Kenaya Akpana for. I believe that's the pronunciation, but I'm not positive on that. Had a double-double, three blocks, 10 rebounds, and 17 points. Um, And she was matched up with Jenna Allen for much of the game, and Allen only had nine points. Um, The team, you know, Michigan State looked really tired at times, and Northwestern looked extremely ready to play. Uh, Lindsey Pulliam had an incredible game, 18 points. um, And it got to a point when her and Kylie were just going back and forth at it, too. You know, they were just going bucket for bucket with each other. So... I mean, Michigan State generally can't. I mean, they were outshot from the free throw line, um, by ten free throws. I mean, they went eight to fifteen, and Northwestern went eighteen to twenty-four. And you can't really win a whole lot of basketball games when you're like that, especially when the margins are so slim, in uh, this game. So it's you know that's the thing is, Northwestern played well down the stretch. Michigan State not so much. And Kali, they really took away all the other options outside of Shea Kali, who had, what her best game all season mm-hmm. by far.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you look at... They had 22 personal fouls. And Jenna Allen had four of those, so she was in trouble. So she was on the bench every now and again. You know, when you don't have your best player on the court, that's going to hurt you. And like you said, Northwestern, 18-24 of 24 from the line. Michigan State only shot 53.3%. I mean, look, you, you just can't win like that. You just can't.
2: No, not shooting shooting that low percentage from the
0: three-throw line. It's, it's They're free throws. They're called free
2: throws. You're You're going to have to make them in order to win games.
0: Yeah. And then, I mean, you look at... Their shooting percentages. Michigan Michigan State and Northwestern shot pretty close to each other. Uh the Northwestern shot 40.7 from the field. Michigan State 43.4% from the field. So I mean, they shot a little bit better, but ultimately this game came down the free throws. At least, you know, on Northwestern side, they made theirs. Michigan State didn't. And Michigan State committed a lot of fouls. So ultimately, that's what's going to hurt you. Um, so they got beat by Northwestern, and then they traveled to Indiana. Which, actually, I I have some predictions that we put on our last podcast. Something... And
1: while while you're looking, I just want to add one more thing. No, go ahead. ahead. While you're looking for those is that the Northwestern game was really interesting to me because immediately from the tip, Northwestern looked like the more prepared team. Um, And just Michigan State looked a little lax-daisal, you know, a little sluggish. And slow starts have been occurring for a lot of this year. We've seen a lot of them, but... um, it got to a point when it was say they were not able to overcome that. And really, the way that their season, the way that they were trending up heading into that game, that was really kind of a, you know, to me, kind of a backbreaking loss there um, in terms of the Big Ten standings. That's a game that you got to go get if you're Michigan State.
0: Yeah, that one hurt. And then to go, you know, play Indiana at Indiana a couple days later. Especially, yeah. they were kind of a surging team. I'm still not 100% sold on them. They're kind of a wishy washy team, but they were hot. And I think Michigan State knew that and Indiana knew they could take advantage of Michigan State's lower confidence level and they ended up winning 60 excuse me 68 to 64 Indiana won and we have some predictions here that I forgot to say. This is also on the podcast that did not record rest in peace uh, Joe predicted Indiana will maybe be the only loss. Joe was half right on that one uh, Austin and Luke both said Northwestern will be the loss if there is one. They were also half right. I said if they lose, it will be to Iowa. I was 100% wrong. So I was the only person to not get any of that right. That's okay. You, you win know, some, you lose some. Hey, yeah. at
1: least we were
0: 50% right, Luke. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> so Michigan State lost 64-68. Um, I don't know, boys. They They had four players put up double digits, and they still managed to lose, you know? Uh, I remember, I think, Coach Merchant was saying something.
2: Uh, it was like their third game in one week, so she was saying how, you know, the team was pretty tired. That's mm-hmm. a grind. Yeah, it especially is. It is. especially tra- traveling that much from uh, from East Lansing to Chicago to uh, Indiana, you know. Um, sometimes that is a grind, and they they just needed a break at that point, I think, but they couldn't, so... Uh, yeah, as one thing, one thing I think that Coach Merchant definitely saw was probably they were a little bit tired from playing so much.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's and one thing that they did do against Indiana, it was only a four point game. They got back to what makes them good, which was spreading the load a little bit. You know, they lost to Northwestern because Chey Colley was forced to do everything she could to try to win them that game, and. Against Indiana, the t- scoring was much more balanced. Kali didn't even start. Kali came, you know, she wasn't even in the starting lineup. But they had seven points from Kali, 12 from Cooks off the bench, and then they had three starters in double digits too. And that's a much better showing um, as a whole team for Michigan State there, um, which I think was a big reason why that was such a close game. Um, and, you know, and that was a really— Indiana is 14-1. and They just lost to Ohio State. Which was a very interesting game at Ohio State, because Ohio State is perennially a very good program, so that's an interesting one there, but yeah, so Indiana, I think at down the stretch, maybe not necessarily forced to be reckoned with, um but I mean they are four and one in one of the big ten, and Michigan State is in that uh fifth spot at two and two, you know, about two and a half games back from the lead, so it's going to be it's an uphill climb from here.
0: Yeah, I think it made some good points. I don't mean to flex on you, but Indiana actually has two losses.
1: Oh, really? But they do I'm have looking, two losses now. I'm looking at an unupdated, um, updated uh, win-loss column. I believe this that. Box score.
0: Those don't get um, very updated. But, no, I, I know exactly what you're saying. They did carry – they they shared the load a lot more than they did in that Northwestern game, Um, and I think that's what they're best at. You look at – you see consistently, like in the Minnesota game that we're going to talk about in a minute, they had four players put up do- double-digit points, and I mean – that's just how you win basketball games. So, you know, really sharing the rock, getting it around, providing assists. Like, that's, I think that's how this Michigan State team's going to win.
2: Um, uh, Sam, you've been riping on this the whole time. They went four for nine from for the free throw line. They did. They did. And, you know, four free throws would have tied it. If they went nine for nine, that would have been a totally different outcome, you know?
0: Yeah. I. <laughs> I like to say that. I, I think I said the same and thing. And
1: then you look at the other side of it. Iowa went, or Indiana
0: went 14 of 18. Exactly. So, yeah.
1: that, I mean, yeah, that's a huge point there as well.
0: And fouls on Michigan State's part too, you know. Mm-hmm. Fouling yeah. them in the post. You just... That has been an issue so yeah. far. Um, yeah. So, free throws. Yes. <laughs> that's another problem. Free Keep working on. yes, always. But <laughs> so, go ahead, Joe.
1: Back on, so, a little bit of a segue here. Back on track. Minnesota.
0: Number Got 18 Minnesota
1: came to East Lansing this week.
0: They did. Uh, I think it was Austin and I were covering that game. Luke and Kevin Raju were doing play-by-play in color for that game. Michigan State got back on track, played number 18, Minnesota. And just a good game. Just a fun game to watch. I think we can safely say that Shay Colley is officially back. Um, I didn't really want to speak too soon after the Northwestern game because she looked a little rusty in that Iowa game. But I think it's safe to, safe to say she's back. She's going to put up some consistent numbers. She had 12 points, 4 rebounds, 6 assists. Very good stat line. And uh, someone coming off the bench, Sydney Cooks, making some big contributions. She came off the bench, hardly even played half the game. Uh, didn't even play 21 minutes. And she put up 21 points coming off the bench. Yes,
1: you- that's, a, and that's the thing is, and a, a friend of the podcast, Julian Mitchell, is very high on Sydney Cooks' <laughs> potential um, in this lineup. And Cooks, I mean we talked about it on Sunday, him and I, what she's able to do. She had three blocks defending the paint on great size for a forward six, four, six, five ish great size and a great jump shot too. um, and only and young still. So cook's definitely going to be a big part of this roster going forward the next two years. Um, and had a great game, 21 points, only missed four shots. And I mean, that's incredible. You know, the bench all year has been playing good.
2: Yeah, and Sydney Cooks, when I was watching that game from up above, and she was just in the zone. You could tell she wanted the ball. She wanted to make everything. Uh, and when you get into that mindset, you know, it's hard to stop that sometimes.
0: Yeah, and I mean, um, like Julian was saying, she just looks great. And she does. And I mean, she was a McDonald's All-American. You know, for, so for her to come off and do that, that's great. And I remember, you know, we were sitting courtside, when she came down with a block, it was I think four minutes into the second quarter. <laughs> the look that she had on her face—she straight up, she just rejected this Minnesota player. She came down. She had like a Kobe Bryant looking her eyes. She had like the Mamba mentality going on. And I asked her about it after the game. <laughs> she just started dying laughing. She was like, "You know, I didn't think I looked that serious." And then I saw Marjica, and she looked at me and was like, "Are you okay, Shay?" She was like, "Yeah, I'm good." She was all pumped up, but um. Yeah, a little side yeah, story. It's funny, Joe's. There we go. I got some emotion out of Joe. Oh, uh, <laughs> I was waiting to get a reaction. Um, so yeah, no. Sydney Cook's looking really good off the bench. Nia Cloudon consistently looking good. Can't complain about what she's been doing. Jenna Allen, Shay Colley showed up again. Um, overall, just a really good win. Free throws, nine for twelve. Better shot. Good in that game. Um, something that did hurt though, twenty-one personal fouls. <laughs> Minnesota shot nineteen. They only missed two. So. I think the free throws and the fouls are definitely going to be what makes the difference in this team.
1: Minnesota also 1 of 11 from three-point land. Yeah. so Michigan State went 7 of 23.
0: Michigan State, yeah, 7 for 23, very well. It's decent. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, that's that's,
1: I mean that, that margin, I think, made the really big difference yeah. there. Is oh, yeah. what, you know tells a story. Um, but for Michigan State to really compete, especially at the top of this Big Ten, they cannot consistently have 20-plus personal fouls. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, have teams shooting 15 or more free throws every game. Yeah. Um, If they are going to do that, they've also got to draw 20 personal fouls as well to even it out in that respect. So just some thoughts on
0: that. Yeah. And, I mean, later in this week, you know, they're going to play Maryland, number nine team right now. They're actually going to play Ohio State right um, tonight. But Maryland later on in the week. That game tips off in a half hour, actually. It does. It does. Um, We will not be covering it, unfortunately. Columbus is too far. Um, But Maryland, you know, number nine team in the country, they're gonna take advantage of mistakes like that. If Michigan State commits twenty plus personal fouls and misses six of their ten free throws, you know. I mean, they just they just can't do that. But um yeah, so I guess um
1: And Maryland's only loss coming to Rutgers, yeah. who is surging right now. So and right after Maryland, Michigan State heads over to Rutgers. So they got a couple of big games coming up this week. They got a big game tonight because Ohio State just beat Indiana. Mm-hmm. And then they've got Maryland Thursday, and then you've got um, Rutgers after that. So, really, really tough. This is going to be a big stretch for this season right here.
0: Yeah. yeah do uh, Do we want to get some score predictions going for the game tonight and this week? Well, I'm just saying right
2: now that Michigan State, in order to prove themselves, need to start winning on the road for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They have a chance to prove that tonight at Ohio-, at Ohio State. They come back at Maryland against Maryland at the Breslin Center here in East Lansing. Um, they'll obviously have a huge crowd for that game, and then they have to go and play Rutgers. So they need to start
1: proving themselves on the road for sure. Yeah. And um, there's something, if if I may. No, go, ahead. go yeah, ahead. There's something I wanted to add a little bit as I was looking at some of the numbers today. And Michigan State averages 88 points per game at home. Playing away from the Breslin setting, <laughs> they are 2-3 and three compared to 9-0. They are, well, I think it's, yeah, 2-3. and three. They're 9-0 and oh at home, and then they're 2-3 and three away. Or-
0: they're undefeated at home. I know that.
1: Yeah. I think it's 10 and no, It's, no. Nine. No, it's, it's... T- 10 and 0 after beating Minnesota, I believe. But they average 75 points per game on the road, 13 less than they do at home. And to me, that tells the biggest story because this is an offensive basketball team. And that can attribute a lot to the road struggles. Um, the environment at home, especially Michigan State, the fans that are here in East Lansing, um, that contributes a lot to how they play at home. So. Just just a little another side note there, a little bit another more numbers there to kind of tell the story about this team so far this year.
0: Yeah. So uh, do we want to get some predictions going? Start with Ohio State tonight. Oh, I'm, of course, always a big prediction. Luke, guy. you want to get us off?
2: Uh, yeah, I think I like, think Michigan State starts to prove themselves going away against Ohio State. Uh, it'll be a close one though for sure. Um, I'll say uh, Michigan State. Seventy nine Ohio State seventy
1: two. Okay, okay, Joe, what you got? I'm gonna go. Man, the uh, Schoenstein Center is, uh, you know, what a lot of people call the. It's also a Value City Arena over in Columbus. Um, that's a you know that's a big environment. Ohio State always a very very strong women's basketball program. Um, the head coach over there, Mcguff, has won twenty five plus games for the last five years. Um, but Ohio State not nearly as good as they have been in years past, so I really do think that it will be a lower scoring game. I think it's going to be a sixty-eight to sixty-two victory for Michigan State. They're going to get the win this evening.
0: I also think Michigan State's going to win. I do think it's going to be hard, since like we've been talking about, they need to start playing on the road. They're really the only like convincing road that when they had was against Oakland. They scored like a hundred plus points, but I mean, it's Oakland.
1: Yeah, not, I mean- not to hate on
0: them, but. You know
1: they struggle. No disrespect to Oakland, but I—I mean, I see your point there. Yeah,
0: they—you know. Other than that, like you got to win those other games. I'm going to take Michigan State. I'm going to say 70. I'm going to say it's super close. It's going to come right down to the wire, 70 to 67. Okay, good call. I think Michigan State should walk away with more than that, considering all the talent that they have. But it's on the road. We'll have to see what happens. All right, next game, Maryland on Thursday, number nine team in the country, very big win. Excuse me. It would be a very big win for Michigan State. I you know actually I was thinking about this. I wanted to talk about this. Do you think this would be a bigger win for Michigan State or for Maryland?
1: I think it would uh, be a bigger win for Michigan State. Because a top 10 opponent, it'll jump them, especially if they beat Ohio State on the road this evening, then beating Maryland, then beating Rutgers after that would completely change their outlook right now in the Big 10 conference regular okay. season race and it would also completely change their postseason hopes too for the ncaa tournament i mean at this point you I mean a lot of people might say that they can get in but um gotta win these next couple i'd have okay. to
2: agree with joe i think uh it's a bigger it would be a bigger, bigger win for michigan state but i could make the argument you know maryland coming on the road against a strong ranked michigan state team that's a that's a tough game to play and um, I think you could make an argument for it would be a bigger win for Maryland to win this game.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's going to be big either way. You know, if Maryland loses, that's going to be a huge loss for them because I mean that'll be their second loss in the season, second loss in the Big Ten. That's definitely going to hurt their chances of obviously like they're still Maryland, they're still going to make the tournament, but that's going to hurt their chances for making a run at the Big Ten championship. You know? Yeah, it, yeah, it's no. going to hurt a little bit.
1: I mean, yeah, I still stand by the fact that I think it's a bigger game for Michigan State, just in fact that the road struggles and then just needing to get this win from a confidence standpoint. Um, you know, Maryland, you know, needs it just as much too, but I think it's a bigger
0: game for Michigan State. Okay. All right, so we want to get predictions going.
1: Yeah, I'm. I, Luke, you want to sound off first?
0: Yeah, yeah. I'll go first. Uh, I'm sticking with Michigan
2: State here. You know, they beat a number three Oregon team at home. Um, if they win against Ohio State, especially they'll be coming home with some fire against a ranked mayor on the team. I'll say uh, a high-scoring game, definitely. Uh, Michigan State comes out the win, we'll say uh,
0: 83-80.
1: 83-80, okay.
0: Okay, high-scoring one.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm i a big numbers guy. I always have been, but um, I do believe that Michigan State, I mean, those numbers I talked about earlier, what they're averaging at home, it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think Michigan State's going to score more than 80 points. It's going to be 87-74, Michigan State.
0: 87-74? All right. Maryland is a very good defensive team. Um, I mean, they're good on both sides of the ball. You don't get to be the number nine team in the country without saying that. But it is at the Breslin. I mean, I remember at the Iowa game just how many fans were there. And that was over winter break, too.
1: Yeah, that was, I mean, and I looked at the number and it said there were nearly 10,000 people there. It was like 9,200 and something, 50, I, believe, I believe, which was Oregon only had about five or six. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, really? You know, like, yeah. But when, as soon as they started opening up that top deck in the yeah. Breslin Center against Iowa, that's when you knew it was getting packed. That's, um, that's
2: about 60% of the Breslin Center. Breslin Center holds just under fifteen thousand. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks
1: I'm for sure. our Usher
0: Luke here. Yeah, <laughs> <probably>. <laughs>
1: hey, yeah. Our inside man on the Breslin Center. Student Event Center. That's right. Huh. Um, yeah. So I mean, I think there's gonna be a big crowd on Thursday. It's gonna be rocking.
0: Yeah. So I'm gonna take Michigan State. I'm gonna say eighty to seventy six. I Think they'll pull out the win ultimately. Gonna be, like I said, big win. I got that or double a big di- loss. I
1: got a double digit margin
0: in my prediction. I mean, I'm feeling, <laughs> feeling... Joe's Joe's feeling confident with that yeah, one. Yeah, that's a... Hot take. We'll we'll see how it goes. So, And then Sunday, this is one that I don't really think we kind of saw coming. They're going to play number 20, number 20, ranked Rutgers at Rutgers. Hey, Rutgers is good at something. They're, yeah, they are. You know that they are very good at field hockey, side note. Um, <laughs> so Rutgers kind of came out of nowhere, beat Maryland a couple of weeks ago at this point. I think it was actually two weeks to the day. Um, and it was in a pretty convincing fashion. I don't really think anyone saw it coming. But they are now ranked. It's not going to be an easy win for Michigan State at their place. So, yeah, what do you boys think? Who do you think's winning? That's that's a that's a tough uh, call. Um,
2: if Rutgers keeps up their strong play, I, it really depends on these up two upcoming games. I think if Michigan if Michigan State wins these next two games and goes into New Jersey with a head of steam, I think they come out with the win, which I think they do. So I'll take Michigan State here. I think they they really start improving on the road. Um, a low scoring game. I'll say. Um, I'll go seventy sixty five
1: MSU. Okay. Rutgers is five and zero in the conference, and I mean obviously we talk about you know are they going to be able to? I mean five and zero is nothing to be. Michigan State's two and two. And in terms of. The Big Ten standings, this is the game that especially if they go beat Ohio State and then they go beat Maryland, which I've already made those calls, they got to beat Rutgers to get back in the race because that would even the playing field completely. So, But I don't think so. I, I don't think they beat Rutgers. I think the road suckers are going to continue. I think Michigan State um, is just too much of a different team. I mean, they're a young team, and that a lot of times hurts you when you're playing on the road. So, I mean, they've only got one senior. So I think that uh, Michigan State, you know, is going to lose this one, and it's going to be 66. On uh, yeah, 66 to 61, Rutgers is going to win that
0: game. So it's going to be a nail biter. It's going to be a lot of fouls in the last minute and a half of that one. Yes, it's kind of a. That's the one thing I don't like about basketball is those last seconds where it's just you know the team's going to win, but the losing team just keeps fouling, and you're like. Can we just stop?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basketball. The last the last minute of basketball is sometimes the longest minute ever. It is. Um, and that'll be, So that's going to be a very, very interesting game. And uh, yeah, so that's my prediction there. Sam?
0: I am also going to say Rutgers, especially if Michigan State loses one of the next two. It doesn't matter which one. I say if they lose either one, they're going to fall to Rutgers. If they beat Maryland, I say they can maybe beat them. But ultimately, I'm going to take Rutgers. I'm going to say 70 to 65. I also think it's going to be... You know, game that comes down to the last minute, minute and a half of just fouling back and forth. Maybe some miraculous thing can happen, but I think Rutgers is going to get it. I think they're going to stay undefeated in the conference. Um, I'm going to say that they're going to beat Purdue this week, and then they're going to go and beat Michigan State and go 7-0 and in the conference. Stay in first place. So, that is our predictions. Let's talk about Rutgers, as we have been for the last five minutes, kind of drooling over them. They are now ranked 20th in the polls and they're on top of the Big 10 they they have an 8 game win streak with a win over ranked Maryland who at the time i believe was number 5 so what do we think about them boys <laughs> kind they, of a they're they're doing all right so far they yeah. they've been flying on, under the radar for
2: sure they have um i'm looking at them you know they don't score a whole lot they only average 64 points per game um their defense still looks pretty good they um, hold opponents to just under 53 points per game. Um, Joe, you got anything?
1: No, yeah. Rutgers is, uh, I'm looking at their schedule here, and Rutgers is 13-3 and three overall. Um, losses coming to Drake, Gonzaga, and Virginia Tech. Um, all three of those losses were by double digits. Um, but they do own a 45-41 45 to 41 win over Northwestern and a 73-65 win at Maryland over Maryland. And most recently beating Nebraska who just beat Ohio State. Um I think Rutgers is, you know, we're really going to see what this team is made of. They have not played Oh, well, I don't see there's not a lot of whole numbers besides these teams they've played. You know, I'm not seeing ranked teams, but you can't argue with you know uh 5 and 0 in the conference and I mean a 13 and 3 a 13 and 3 record is not much different than a 12 and 3 Michigan State team but Rutgers has got it done so far in the conference I mean they beat LSU too um at home beat Harvard on the road there's a couple games there where there were trap games that they went out and won so um I think it's going to be big for Rutgers to get a win against Michigan State especially but I uh do think that they're just going to continue playing at a high level. Um, I think Rutgers is, you know, a pretty good team, and they signed uh, a really big story in the news is Maori Maori Davenport, Um she signed to Rutgers too, so they got a good class coming in as well.
0: Yeah, and they definitely look like a defensive-minded team. Just looking at some of their scores, um, not they they don't seem to have the most explosive offense, but I mean they held Maryland to sixty-five points, so that's good for something. And just the Big Ten overall, you know, we're looking at the rankings now. We have six Big Ten teams in the top 25. That's, that's pretty good. When you look at it, we got Maryland, of course, coming in at number 9. We've got Michigan State at 17. Rutgers tied for 20. Iowa at 22. Minnesota at 23. And Indiana at 25. This is looking pretty good for the conference, especially considering, you know, we talked about early in the season, there was only four ranked teams at the time, and three before Michigan State was even ranked. We had It was Minnesota, Iowa, and Maryland. Now it's up to six. And that's really going to look good for the conference when it comes time for March, you know, getting teams in there, having more significant resumes. And, you know, I just think this is good for the Big Ten as a whole.
1: No, and I think another thing to add here is I'm just seeing this as I look at the rankings. NC State, 17-0. and Undefeated still. NC State still unblemished. That it might come down to the end of the season, and, Mich- and Michigan State's non-conference, only non-conference loss um, yeah, only non-conference loss, mm-hmm. was to yeah. NC State, that might look like the best loss of any Big Ten team when the season comes down to the end. Um, other than maybe, I mean, Ohio State got trounced by UConn, but I mean, I don't think Ohio State has really much of a shot of making the tournament at this, you know, right now, Yeah, as we speak. But.
0: And Michigan State only got beat by four, too. Yeah, exactly. So,
1: I mean, it shows you it's a game of inches, and you know, that's how athletics work, that's how sports work. And um, NC State is definitely the real deal. Um, there's a lot of one-loss teams ahead of them who are absolute powerhouses. Um, so, yeah, and the Big Ten is just representing extremely well in women's basketball the year. It's a very, very tough conference, much tougher than I thought when we, you know, took on the task of covering Michigan State women's basketball at the beginning of this year. I thought, you know, uh, but I've realized now that this is a competitive conference. It's, you know, right in the thick of things, too. So it's going to be interesting to see how this year finishes out, especially.
2: You got anything to add, Luke? I was just going to say, yeah, you know, um, Michigan State, obviously uh, they're ranked at 17 coming in second. But I mean, even though most of the Big Ten schools are coming in the lower half of the top 25, it's still good to see
0: um, all the Big Ten teams representing on the, on the uh, rankings. Yep, going to be really good for Michigan State and the Big Ten as a whole going forward. But believe that is all that we have here from the Preslin breakdown. You guys got anything, any last words of wisdom to say? Drive safe. Drive safe. Get home safe, folks. Thank you for listening to the Breslin Breakdown. I am Sam Britton. That's my advice. That's Joe's advice. I am Sam Britton alongside Luke Sacone and Joe Dandrin. Thank you for listening. Have a good one.